0: This really happened. told Talk Radio. Here we go! Yay! Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a book, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind. Good morning everyone, this is Fran Lewis and the sun is out, yay! And it's going to be fantastic. We have Joe Dane Millman here. We're going to talk about a true story that really happened, a midnight call. And this is really exciting. So welcome back to MJ Network, and this is really going to be great. Hi, friend. Great to speak to you again on this, on this beautiful day. It's, it's finally, there was a fog this morning, and they threatened rain, and I threatened the rain cloud. No way. So <laughs> this, this, this really got me because this really happened. Who would ever suspect that their mentor, teacher, and friend was a cold-blooded killer? Jessie Martin didn't, at least not until she entered the Midnight Call. So how did you become aware of this, and why did you decide to share it with everyone?
1: Well, you know, um, I'm an attorney, and I've been practicing yep. law, oh, God, for, for several decades, let's put it that way. And mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I, I grew up in Poughkeepsie, which is where I live now and where I write. And when I was growing up, I had a teacher. His name was Albert Fentress, and he was one of these teachers that, <laughs> Everybody loved – was, he was our American history teacher. I
0: was in maybe
1: like eighth or ninth grade, and he was the type of guy that was so excited about his subject that he would – if we were studying India, he would dress up like in an Indian costume. If we were studying um, China, he'd dress up like Genghis Khan. If we were doing the American War, it was Robert E. Lee. I mean, he was a guy that really put his whole heart and soul into teaching. And this was, let's say, 1969 we fast forward to 1979, when I just graduated from law school, I'm literally at my, my parents' dining room table. I open up the Poughkeepsie mm. Journal, and the headline is, Teacher <coughs> Accused in Teens Killing. And there mm. is my teacher's face. Mm. There is my teacher's face. So <coughs> this is a story where it turns out I knew the family of the victim, because his, the victim's brother sat in front of me in homeroom. I knew the judge. I knew the attorneys. I knew the police officers. Obviously, I knew the killer. He was my teacher. So over the years, the story percolated and percolated and percolated. And finally, when I knew that I wanted to write a novel, I knew that this was, this was the heart of a story that I wanted to tell. And that was the birth of The Midnight Call, my actual experience with
0: this uh, teacher oh my god it, it, it's scary and we did we I taught for a very long time, and we had some strange things I think the the hardest one was one of our teachers was arrested for being a pedophile mm, that's tough that's really tough well this and I know out yeah, it' is scary It
1: turns out that over over the period of time um it turns out that. I don't want to give away too much, but yeah. this, the, the teacher never went to jail. Mm. He ultimately, he ultimately was, um, was placed in a, uh, a, a forensic mental health mm-hmm. facility. And since he's a patient in the New York State um, health system, he has the ability every two years to request to be released. So over this period of time, over this 40 years that he's been incarcerated, more and more people have come forward to say, oh, he was a pedophile. Oh, he did this to me. Oh, he did that to me. And it turns mm. out that there was a pattern that he had hidden over this period of time. So I, I can appreciate what it was like for you to have,
0: have someone, you know, accused of that situation. It it was horrendous because I um, I have a principal's license, so at the end of the day, I was doing the after-school program, and I kept wondering how come he comes late, and why are some of his kids upstairs? And I reported (laughs) it, and the assistant principal took credit for the fact that I figured it out a long time ago, mm. I would, yeah, we'd go to the classroom at the end of the day. I used his computer because I didn't have one, and he used to hug all the kids, goodbye. Mm. And I was like, that's inappropriate behavior, and right. on top of which, right. to make it even worse, he had AIDS. He gave three kids AIDS. Oh, boy. So no. what can I say? So that's the hardest thing when you show your teacher. so... Um, Ryan Page, the victim, was the murder victim. How did, how did the Kennedy commit the murder? That's scary. And tell us about Jessica. I felt so bad for her.
1: Well, you know, well, let's let's take a step back and let's look at 1979. Yeah. In 1979, yeah. um, the dynamic between, as you as you may remember, between teachers. And students was a whole different dynamic. Uh-huh. It wasn't. Teachers weren't challenged. Teachers were put up on a pedestal. And parents would um, defer to teachers and their teaching methods. So you have to look at that time and, and space and think about how this crime could have occurred. And the crime itself was, was absolutely bizarre because behind where this teacher lived, there was a service drive. Uh-huh. And allegedly there was some kind of tussle going on between kids from two different school districts, and this was all occurring in the backyard, in the service yard behind his teacher's house. So he goes out, the teacher allegedly goes out, and he, he, he recognizes one of the kids, invites him into his house. They, you know, party, they, uh, they drink, he gets him he drugged and drunk, and then he murdered him. I mean, the, guy, the teacher had a complete psychotic breakdown
0: at the mm. time he
1: seduced his kid into the house, and he brutally murdered him. I mean, he, I, I didn't mention it in the book, but the, the teacher also cannibalized his kid.
0: So oh, I mean, my God. It was God. Just
1: really a, a, a terrible, haunting situation. Naturally, when I'm telling my story involving Jesse, I didn't go into the gory details because I, I didn't think that was appropriate. And the story wasn't really about the murder itself the story is about the ripple effects and the aftermath of the murder and the story begins as you may know with uh, jesse martin who's a pregnant attorney and she gets a call from this teacher in the middle of the night and he says look Mm. i think i've called someone i think i've killed someone i need your help and jesse rushes off to help this teacher who's been her mentor her friend her father's best friend for you know 10 a dozen years and that's when Jessie, who's our protagonist, her life starts to it, it. It gets she becomes involved in a hellish vortex, and her life kind of spins down the drain because of her misplaced loyalty to this teacher and her friend.
0: That that is that is scary. I know. They they came to the school to arrest him. That was even scarier.
1: Whoa. Oh yeah, yeah. They,
0: yeah they, and and then he they he. I can't believe that the police did this. He said, "Can I go home and get some stuff first?" Oh and boy! I said, "Like you got to be kidding me! I mean, I taught in a tough school in the Bronx, but to be very honest, right? They, they, I was they, the kids never challenged me. They just looked at me. She's five feet tall, and she's little. Don't mess with her. <laughs> don't, don't, don't even. I, I learned, I learned it, and I had the toughest classes in the school. If there were discipline problems, Frank on him. I mean every one of them and it's like don't don't challenge her she don't don't even don't even do that 'cause she'll make your life miserable, but if she gives you don't <laughs> she'll give you my reward. I interviewed one of my students last last monday um on my radio show, he's in charge of' uh-huh. uh, it's very famous team Spartan spades uh Spartan races it's throughout the world, uh-huh. and he came on I was so proud, so this is really weird. The Emmy and the EMTs at the crime scene—you described them so so perfectly. But why was she blocked from talking to the to Terrence? Why she couldn't go in there?
1: Well, she couldn't go in there because well, well. See, that is the real key, mm-hmm. key part of the story. Um, the question is whether Jesse was 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 she on the scene as his attorney. Or was mm-hmm. she on the scene as a friend? Because each mm. had different ramifications, and each led, could lead the story and did lead the story down a different path. Mm. By, um, without giving away too much, part of the um, machinations of the defense attorney hinges on her, her appearance at the scene. So I really don't want to give too much of that away yeah. because that's really a key element to
0: to Jesse's story. I know. I felt so bad for her. And then when I read I won't give well, away the last, pa- the last page the last page. I sat down and that. read this. She... I mean, I this is this is the week for really true crime. <laughs> um <laughs> the, the author I interviewed uh, the, whose book I just read, The Road to um The Boy from Bodua is a true story about growing up in Ghana, and what happened. In his life, mm. and I, I just couldn't put it down. In my, that's why I get Australian people. It's, it's fault What can I say? So, <laughs> how, did, how did you, how did you describe? How did you get the files to this case, and the photos too? I say like, well, I was looking to see the pictures. There's no pictures. <laughs> well, you, you know what's interesting is that since I'm an attorney,
1: I have access to uh, county clerk files, and mm. up until a certain point. It was really interesting because I had jumped. I knew that I'd wanted to write this story, um, and this was like in the seventies and the eighties. So mm. at that point, the case was ongoing, so I was able to go into the files and make copies. If you tried to get this this uh, file today, you mm. could not do it. It's sealed mm.
0: because it doesn't what it that's what I thought about case. also. How would how would anybody? I mean. I don't say who I called today because I'm on the air. But I, if I didn't get on myself, I don't know if. And then you have to pay to get on the e-files, whatever. So they won't send you the court case unless you pay for it. And right, well, it and be-
1: at, at the t- at the time that I jumped in, I got these files. I mean, I literally had to stand at the copy machine, plug my quarters in, and make make uh, copies because mm. at the time that I was doing my research there was no such thing as e-files. So I literally have, you know, like a whole carton full of information about this case, including, like, um, microfiche, um, uh, you know, uh, from, the, from the library, the Poughkeepsie journals, the original Poughkeepsie journals. I mean, I really started doing my research a long time before I ever sat
0: down and wrote this book. When I finally got on whatever... I printed out what I could, but if I printed out all of it, I probably would have been taller than me. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's hard
0: to read all that stuff because you want to read it in chronological order, and then to print all of that is hard. So what what procedures are followed? Tell us, why did she call Jeremy Kaplan, and why was she with him at the jail to meet Terrence? What was his role? Well, Jeremy, at that time, um, Jessie, when Jessie
1: was growing up in Poughkeepsie, she had worked for, she, she knew she wanted to become a lawyer. And part of mm. the reason she wanted to become a lawyer was because this teacher, Terrence Butterfield, had seen something, a spark in Jessie and mm. it had encouraged her to consider the law as a profession. So when she, she was in high school, she clerked or she interned in Jeremy Kaplan's office. So she was familiar with Jeremy. She knew at that time that he was like the rock star, um, uh, you know, criminal defense attorney in the Hudson Valley. So he was the first person that popped into her mind. He's my friend. I know him. I trust him to help Terrence because you have to realize that she believes that Terrence is innocent. She believes that mm. something happened. She doesn't know what happened, but she believes that this has just been a horrible accident. You know, she doesn't believe that in him he possessed the evil that's necessary in order to kill someone.
0: So did she believe that he had mental illness or poor mental faculties? I mean, she a lot of people... She didn't, she didn't she think didn't. he was crazy.
1: Nobody did. And and you oh, know God. in true life when you have these when you have a psychosis mm. like this they the the, uh, the patient hides it very very well they are chameleon they fit into mm-hmm. the community until one day they snap and this is verified because I spoke with a friend of mine who's a psychiatrist whenever whenever I uh, address a subject that I don't know about you know mm-hmm. whether it's medical psychiatric um, about anything, I will always call on a friend who's a specialist. And so I had my friend who's a specialist go through the book to make sure that what I represented was accurate as far as his, his mental incapacity. But she did not believe, you know, he was a chameleon. Nobody believed that he was crazy.
0: And he wasn't yeah, but until lucky that, that moment that when he snapped. You're lucky that people will help you because I was writing something about fire. And a fire, fire of true fire, and I called mm-hmm. the fire department here, and they wouldn't help me. I said, "Gee, really? you're lucky to have." Yeah, they they wouldn't help. No, and as a matter of fact, I wanted to get help about you know this thing, and they they don't want to know. So, the prosecutor, Hal Samuels, is very odd about the way he processes the case. <laughs> so, why does this district attorney think that he's a? And I I interviewed. Um, Isaac Wright, Jr., who's a criminal defense attorney in February, and for Mark for Life, because he was wrongly accused and spent 16 years in jail until he got out. He became his own attorney. He's brilliant. So Mm -hmm. how, how come some defense attorneys or attorneys think that they're above the law? And why did this district attorney think he could do whatever he wanted?
1: Well, first of all, you know, I think it's an ego thing. That yeah. um, And it's a, it's a power, I think it's a, a, a power position. And it's really, if you if you look at the book, you, it's not really Hal who, who has this powerful ego. It's his boss, Lauren Hollenbeck.
0: She is yep. the one
1: who thinks she can do whatever she wants. She can push anybody around.
0: Mm-hmm. Hal
1: is the one who, first of all, he... The name Jessica Martin rings a bell for him, and it rings a bell for him because he and Jesse were in love when they were in law school. And mm. for seven years, he's been married to somebody else, and she's been involved with, with somebody else, and neither one of them knew that the other was in the vicinity. You know, Jesse was off doing corporate work for a big firm, and, and, uh, and which is which is civil work, And on the criminal end, you know, you have Hal in his world. So the two worlds didn't meet until this case. So and then I I think that he takes a very interesting perspective on the case because, first of all, he knows Jesse, and he does want to find the truth. I think for Hal it's all about trying to find the truth of the case and not letting Jesse get swept up in, in, in Lauren's madness.
0: Yeah, Well, she really tried to get her in a lot, a lot of different ways. So she had a problem with Jesse, and she tries to implicate her in the murder. And well, you just said how Jesse's passed with Hal. So how do you, how do you get around that if, if, the, if the attorney are charged? You know, the district attorney wants to get you for something that you didn't do. That's horrible.
1: You know, it, it is horrible. And, and, I mean, you have to look at the justice system today. Mm -hmm. Um, and how many people are falsely accused of crimes and you know and and maybe they don't have the money to represent themselves and they end up serving Mm -hmm. time i mean you just gave a perfect Mm -hmm. example of the guy who was his own attorney um and and you know and was wrongly accused and wrongly jailed for 16 years i mean it's it's, it's unfortunately part of it. It's not a perfect system. The justice system is not perfect. So you know, there are it. people that get swept up in it.
0: He decided after a certain amount of years that he would become part of the legal system in jail. So he became a paralegal. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's one of the top criminal defense attorneys in the world So today. he's absolutely, And he's most sought out of. But that's why I wrote my last book, which is called Accusations. It's about people that are wrongly accused and then people Mm -hmm. whose Mm -hmm. voices were silent because it bothers me that nobody listens. So what about about the victim and his brother, and why did she try to hide what Robbie did?
1: Well, you know, part of that, I'll be honest with you, part of that was Mm -hmm. when the the book the book was originally released in 2019 by a company called Immortal Works,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: Immortal Works is a um, is what they call a clean press. Um, and so they they when I submitted the manuscript to them, I did I did have more about the violence that occurred between Jessie and her ex Robbie Page, who is the mm-hmm. brother of the victim. But they came to me and they said, "Look, you know, um, we we need you to cut out certain aspects of the book to meet mm. our um, community standards. Ooh. So that's why, yes, and, and, I, and I appreciate that. And I think the book the book doesn't need all the gore. It didn't need all the viol- personal violence. But you, I think, you get the hint that there was some." Some violence, and that Jesse was having even after Mm -hmm. all this time a long, a a difficulty processing it, and it also shaded her ability to have relationships with with other people and to trust them again. And that's why I think the relationship between Jesse and Hal is so interesting because Mm -hmm. she's one of the first people she did trust after this incident. Um, with her ex, and then ultimately, Hal, Hal betrays her.
0: I know. But then the, the, you tries to You can't amends, trust people. Tries
1: to make right. Then tries then makes amends. I mean, and that's what this book is about. This book is about the theme is betrayal. You know, in that's each it. one of my books, this is, this is the first in the series, and this one's about betrayal. The next one, which we've talked about before, Hooker Avenue, is about rejection. I love that book. Now, my, I've got one coming out on May 30th called The Empty Kayak, and that's about the next step. That's about regaining trust. So it oh, i got to get that. It's really, yeah, it's coming out on May 30th. So, it's And that, again, has the same characters. We have Jesse and Hal, and mm-hmm. um, it involves um, a... I move from the land in Dutchess County to the Hudson River, and it's about a suspicious um, drowning that occurs in the Hudson River. And that the person who, who drowns is someone that is very near and dear to all of the characters that people have come to know in The Midnight Call and in Hooker Avenue.
0: It's not in, it's not in the schedule for a, a blog tour, is it? For, with Gina? Uh, Yes, yeah. you. It yeah. is? So yep. How come they didn't ask yep. me to do it?
1: Oh, I don't know. I'll get back with her. I'll get back with her about that.
0: Yeah, they didn't. Have, you know what? I, I put myself in for two because <laughs> I <I'm> crazy. <laughs> uh, Because I knew the author, and they're doing mine on April 24th to May 30th, and I'm really nervous because most of them are reviewed. <laughs> and they all want I'm to read you. it. It it gets scary, yeah. I mean, the book is going over big. I went into some place yesterday, and the receptionist says was a copy of my book, so I had to send a one from Amazon. Um, I went into the <laughs> Rite Aid, and all the all the all the people there took it. And I went somewhere else, and they all took it. And I went everywhere. It's it's amazing. People, I must have given out a hundred copies of the book already. And well I have well, to tell you, you Gina Gina and her crew do a terrific job. They it's are partners, great
1: partisan crime blog tours. They are they are wonderful. They are absolutely wonderful and the reviews that I've gotten through them and the exposure is just incredible.
0: Well, I hope everybody likes news. this one. I I got a couple that for the last one that was a disaster. Um, I did one through a different tour company, and I will not do it again, because they didn't take the proper kinds of authors that like horror. And Gina Ooh. and them were great, but they one or two, one that gave me a review, horrible, horrible. Mm-hmm. And she insulted me, literally, so I just told them, and they made her take it off. What can I say? Well, you know,
1: I, I I think I've developed a bit of a rhinoceros hide going through this process Mm. and it's a process I mean I've been my books have been out I've been actually I wrote books before I started writing um writing mysteries I I wrote a nonfiction series called Seats New York it's a guide to all the theaters of New York so I mean I've been in the publishing business since since 2002 so I think over that period of time I've developed a rough, a tough hide. So if I get a bad review, you know what? Mm-hmm. Not. It, it, that's what horse racing is about.
0: Not yeah. everybody
1: is going to love your book, and you know what? It's not personal. That person, that that reviewer, might have been having mm-hmm. a bad day, or they just might not like your genre, or they. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's all really subjective, and you cannot take it personally.
0: You really. She was. And you
1: know what? You know what? You are the writer. They're just a reviewer. And they you know what I'm saying? In other words, Yeah,
0: she they she writes nasty reviews she writes nasty reviews for everyone so far. And she writes I don't understand what the book is I said, but you're a librarian. I don't say anything. The only thing that got me really angry was that somebody read the one before this and didn't read it. It was just like somebody paid her to write, This is a bunch of junk and why did I buy it? And gave it one yeah. star. And it was on Amazon, and I said, "You know what? I I just left it." So, Terrence, she wanted to help Terrence. So, how does her father help her? And then I felt so bad for her because she has to travel. She has to testify in front of the grand jury. That's even worse.
1: Right. Well, as as you as you hinted, um, the district attorney yes. Lauren Hollenbeck has it out for Jesse, yes.
0: oh, and yeah. she
1: tries to claim that Jesse is an accessory after the fact. Because mm-hmm. she was at the crime scene, and, because, and who knows why Jesse was there? Maybe Jesse knew, you know, what Terrence was planning. So they feel that Jesse has uh, this. This district attorney feels that Jesse has information that's necessary, and calls her in. and And she's she's you know like six months, seven months pregnant, and she's calling this woman in just to torture her. So I mean, her father is really her rock throughout this particular book. Her father is the only person, and she says this, who has never betrayed her in, in her entire life. He is her absolute rock, and he's there for her through the entire book by her side. And I think it's really nice that she has mm. this relationship with her dad. I mean, her mother's a little flighty. Her mother, her mother means well, but um, her mother, I, I think, really doesn't understand, understand her. It's her father. She's much more like her father. And her father gets her and stands by her the entire time.
0: I wish my father was here. Because my father had the power to have taken care of this, a lot of things, because he was connected to the right people. And when he died and my <laughs> uncle died, my uncle was the head of um, the UJA. And he knew. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, my uncle was the head of that, and he was uh, had connections to politicians. And lawyers and stuff He was very powerful And my father had the same connection So if either one of them said something It got done And there's nobody that that does that anymore I just have to do everything myself mm. I learned that So throughout the entire book Hal seems to have the edge over Kaplan I was like, what? With the psychiatrist report And the final diagnosis of Terrence wh- What does everybody get Like mixed thoughts about him? He's a clever guy, let me tell you Who? who,
1: who, Which one? Uh, Terrence? Jeremy? Terrence, yeah. He's not stupid. (laughs) Uh, No, Terrence Terrence is extremely intelligent. Before we talk about that, I want to go back to fathers a little bit.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, today, and and the reason being that today would have been my father's 93rd birthday. Oh, wow. And, yeah, he's been gone a while, but I do owe my writing career to him because he was the one that got me started with this Broadway uh, guide that I wrote because my father wrote the first one in 1998 and then mm. um, passed away of a heart attack it was totally unexpected mm-hmm. and I'd worked with him I, I consulted with him a little bit when he was writing the book but then after the book became a bestseller for Hal Leonard which is one of the largest music publishing companies in the world they came to me and they said look first of all we want to take this book on tour will you represent the book on your father's behalf yes then they said will you write the next book mm. sure so that's how i got into writing wow to my father so i have to celebrate him today on his 93rd birthday now i can Terrence. go back and talk about terence <laughs> <laughs> you know terence as i said was one of these he was very intelligent very seductive Mm. in the way that he dealt with people people as i said he was one of these guys that (coughs) exuded charisma that people were drawn to so you know throughout the book you have to wonder you know is he telling the truth is he lying did he have a psychotic break is he faking it you know so that's why we that's why we have a psychiatrist who's, who appears mm-hmm. in the book. We have Terrence's psychiatrist, Mary yeah. Stern, who is able to make a connection, or what she thinks is a connection. She only, and it's interesting because she's put into conflict with his defense attorney because his defense attorney wants to take one tax but she's only concerned about curing. And, and helping her patient. She's not worried about getting him off for, on murder charges. She's worried about his mental health. So you've got these two systems. You've got the medical mm. system and you've got the judicial system, you know, who often might not have the same um, interests of that person at heart. So it's very, and it's very interesting all of the tensions that arise in this
0: book. Well, that's the truth, because sometimes you have medical people, I won't say why, that are actually, you know, they're supposed to do whatever, and they're paid to lie. And then they say, well, they're on one side, so they're going to say one thing, whereas the person on the other side is is going to lie and say, well, that's not true. After all, this didn't really happen. So she's very unorthodox, which I thought was really cool. And Terence seems unique. And her final thoughts. What is Hal expected, hoping for in her decision? How will it affect his career?
1: Well, you know, I don't, I don't really don't think that that Hal, um, Hal, of course, is worried about his career. Um, yeah. As I think, anybody who's in public service worries about their worries about their career. But I think at the heart of it, he's more worried about Jesse, and and Jesse as a love interest, and Jesse as a human being. So I think that's really where his um, priorities lie. And Hal, of course, is facing his own marital discord. He's married to a woman who excuse me, um, is the father of his of his child, but he's married to a woman who really doesn't understand him. They're both from extremely wealthy families. She wants to live in the life that the life that she was brought up to expect. She wants to live a life of luxury, but Hal has been shunned by his family. And even though mm. there's a family trust waiting for him, he wants to make it on his own. He doesn't want to have to rely upon his family. He wants to... <coughs> Establish himself, establish his career, which his family disapproves of. I mean his family is a very wealthy real estate family, development family in New York, and they really want him to be in the family business. But no, he wants to serve the public good. So again you have another you have interfamilial tension going on which spills over into his marriage.
0: That that's so, that's scary
1: well it's 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 sad
0: sad, yeah, I know
1: it, you know money can't buy me love, I mean really, that's what it's about. Money can't buy me love and and Hal finds himself in a loveless marriage that was forced upon him by his family, and money did not buy
0: him love and he is a money doesn't of that. buy a lot of things, and he can't buy health. Right. he can't buy anything right so be- right. Before I forget Where's my list over here Monday should be interesting Because this is a medical one And there's a girl that was asked To go into a research study This is a true story It's called the uh, Panacea Project And she was asked to go into a research project And the doctor there That that was in charge of it Literally destroyed her Because he kept taking Mm. blood blood Almost horrible On the 30th we have Justin Newland The Reincarnation on the 4th, New York Times author Joshua Hood has taken over the Robert Ludlum series of the Treadstone in Redemption. i am got luck with that one. Susan Allen nice. on the on the 11th. Uh, everybody's he's wild. He's going to be fun. Jim Nesbitt, um, Dead Certain Doubt. On the 13th, I get to show off myself, my reading professor from Lehman College, and I are going to talk about... Questioning skills that people should ask when they're educators from grades K to 12. The different types of questioning and how you ask things that are more intense and more insightful than the normal, regular questions that everybody answers, like the um, main idea questions and stuff like that that are not, like, in-depth. They're just sort of like whatever, what's the story about and stuff like We don't ask that. And on the 17th, New York Times author John Gilstrap will be here with White Fire. That's just some, um, because we're going to end the book. In the month with Robert Dagoni and Don Bentley, I got lucky. Oh, nice! Very nice. <laughs> and they made me read them can I all. Mention, <coughs> mention, can I can mention I can anything mention you want.
1: On on March 29th, which is this coming this coming Wednesday, um, I have the honor of interviewing Diana Gabaldon, the oh, woman who created the Outlander series. Um, Oh, nice. She's going to be appearing at the Santa Fe International uh, Literary Festival. And through booktrib.com, who I do reviews for, um, I will be doing a Facebook Live event, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, for a conversation with Diana Gabaldon. I mean, to me, that is like a dream come true. You know, being a writer, being a book reviewer, now being an interviewer, it's really going to be exciting. I, I know that you could appreciate that.
0: Oh my god, are you kidding? I'm just waiting for um Robert Richard North Patterson is coming out with a new one. I'm getting it. They told me that. Now they're just trying to wow. see if I can get it yeah, I want to, I did it once before they wanna see if I can get an hour with him in June. And yeah. I, I, well, I mean, Robert yeah. Dagoni's got a new one You want to, you want to read this Her uh, Deadly Game Oh my god mm-hmm. And he's coming on um, And they never do shows at 12 o'clock Ever For Robert Dagoni I'm doing it at 12 o'clock On April 25th And then Don Bentley the next day And re, uh, Robert McCaw Retribution uh, The Kanoa series in Hawaii In June It's like I talk to myself sometimes I can't believe I'm doing this so it, it, it's great. And I interviewed uh, Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. You want to read The Cabinet of Dr. Ling. What was that scary. And they came on in January. And they were like, yeah. So reading a writer and stuff, that's so great. I know, because when I interviewed my student last week, I was like so proud to, to think that he's, that's he said, Yeah, he said, if not for me, he wouldn't be where he is today. I said I'll take full blame. Oh. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, he. They, I and you know what was really heartwarming is that there are like a whole bunch of my students are on Facebook, and like forty of them said something nice about me. She's wonderful. Oh. She's um, if not for how I said you're right, if not for how we wouldn't have done the crazy things after school. Oh, well, we did some wild stuff <laughs> after, Yeah, my friend Tom who died, and we you know we everybody was celebrating the other day on Facebook. Spring. Well, Tom and I took 100 balloons and 100 students outside. We sang songs, poems, and, and uh, dances to spring, and then we let, let off 100 balloons in the schoolyard, for real. Mm. And they wanted to kill us, because they got quite everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't care. So let's get back to Lauren. I don't like her. She seemed unfazed by this. Where does she see herself? Because she's, she's looking for something besides being the district attorney.
1: Oh, she's a political animal. I mean, yeah. she is the essence of being a political animal. She has her eye on the prize. I mean, either being yeah. a judge or, or mm-hmm. maybe her, her grandfather was a state senator. She has, you know, an eye on that. You know, she really, uh, she's not, well, she's, you know, she's been district attorney for, you know, 10 years. So, I mean, she's, she's, she's ready to move on but her eye is really on the prize. And she will do whatever is necessary to make this case a media grabbing a case so that she gets the attention
0: and she'll get the ultimate credit for its resolution. That's scary because a lot of lawyers don't care. I know I, I interview Philip Margolin constantly. He's the best criminal defense oh, attorney on the I mean, you- He's, he's great, really and we're a friend, and he's coming out with something probably in November and December because I know he'll tell me because I have to do do it the day it comes out, no matter what day it is. He's, you got to do it the day it comes out. But he's really, he said that we don't ask if they're uh, innocent or guilty. He said we have to defend them no matter what. doesn't matter. Right, right. That's what's really scary. Right. You know, it's I, really I, I scary. <laughs>
1: I attend Spiller Fest every year, and one of the first years I went, I, I introduced myself to Philip. And mm-hmm. he sat and talked with me for like an hour and a half. I mean, he really gave me his time. He gave me his mm-hmm. insight. He is just a wonderful writer and a really wonderful human being.
0: So how come I never met you? Because I did go. John Land invited me because I do all of his books. Mm-hmm. And Kimberly oh, loved John me. John is a great guy. Yeah. Kimberly, Kimberly Howe, too, great. Yeah. I didn't go last year because of the pandemic, that's why, and I was invited, but you know what, it's in the Sheridan, and I'm not crazy about it over there, especially on Times Square, and the the Hyatt doesn't exist anymore, they got rid of it, it's now building apartment buildings and condos stuff yeah. over there, so I have but to this decide. It's weird.
1: You know, it was weird last year because of the pandemic. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, usually when you go to Thriller Fest, it's like five, six, seven hundred 700 people. I mean, yeah. maybe there were 200 people last year. I mean, I was concerned about the pandemic, and I went in just for the day. I was on a panel on, yeah. on a Friday, and I wore a mask, and I was one of the few people that wore a mask there.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, it was
1: really – but I, I, it was a great experience because I got to meet Veronica Roth, who wrote the um, – Oh, what's the name of that series? Um, oh, they made a movie out of it. I can't believe that I've, I've forgotten it. Um, it's a three-part series. Oh, Divergent. It's, uh-huh. it's set in the it's set in the, the future. I got to sp- I got to speak with her. I got to speak with Karen Slaughter. I mean, who mm. is just a megastar? Joe Finder, Diana Gabaldon was there. I mean, it was really it was a nice event, but it was really scaled back. And the Sheridans. Sheridan is okay. I mean, it's, I, it, it, when you're used to the high at the Hyatt, was like the best. It really was, and they'll work it out. You know, I, I, it's a great event. I urge you to come. I urge everybody to come. Um, you know, to to meet all of these people, and they give you your time. I mean, people like Lee Childs, and I mean, it's just an
0: incredible event.
1: It really is. It wasn't it, it's great. It's
0: just that I won't we won't drive down there. So it cost me the the three years that I went in a row, um, the cab service was like three hundred dollars going both ways. It was expensive. You don't
1: drive or you do drive
0: in? <laughs> My husband drives, but you can't you can't park down there. And to park in in the hotel was just as expensive. So I called the car service. You know, back and forth. And yeah. It gets expensive, and the hotel, the hire was, was a lot, of, was a lot of money, but it was beautiful. But I, from what I yeah. understand, that that this, a lot of people came back with the virus from this one. You were lucky you're wearing mask. A lot of people oh, yeah. were complaining that they got sick. Masks. Yeah, that that yeah. that's why I hesitated. And now, there's no way to watch the panels on Zoom. I was going to say D G. Right. I would have loved to have watched, you know, those stuff on Zoom. So she has a baby, right? So what will Jessie, we see yes. her? And what what will we see her in the future besides being a mom? What's going to happen next for her?
1: Well, um she gets a very unusual job opportunity, and mm. that's something that she pursues in Hooker Avenue. Um, so she you mm. know just, you can't you can't keep Jessie down. just because she loses her job in with a major firm, you have to realize that she's got spunk. She's either gonna put her up her own shingle or she's going to she's going to do something, but I can hint that she has a, a a wonderful and different and interesting job opportunity that becomes available to her. Um so, you know, you don't have to worry about Jessie. She's got she's got it going on. <laughs> yeah, well will she, she she and is... Hal <clears throat> Yeah, what about she and Hal? Well she and Hal, you know, embark on Hopefully, will embark on a a, a long term relationship, and um, you know she her life. Jessie's life is never going to be free of distress because mm. she is the protagonist in every book that I write. Something happens to her, and she is an active participant in either solving a crime or or finding out and having access to information that no one else has, and that's that's the interesting thing about jesse i mean she really you know you can strike her down as many times as you want but she's Mm. going to pick herself up and she's going to be a better person as a result of that
0: what about kyle what happens with him and at the end well we're not going to say whether you know what happens with with terrence but that was interesting
1: (laughs) well uh, kyle kyle is he he and jesse um a split. I mean, that that yeah. happens in the midnight call. Now their relationship, uh, they continue to have a relationship, obviously because they share a daughter with each
0: with yes, one another. Yes, I'm saying, yeah. Um,
1: so he, um, his. Let's put it this way: his parenting skills are are not up to par, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I could have written a book about that, um, having been a family law practitioner, but. Um, he, um, he, he isn't crazy about the fact that <clears throat> that Jesse wants to go get a job. He's a bit of a chauvinist. He believes mm-hmm. that she should stay home with the kid, and that in itself is going to create some
0: conflict, continuing conflicts with those two characters. Well, he basically can't tell her what to do because she's not married to him. And basically... Oh, even
1: if they were married, you couldn't tell her what to do. I
0: still wouldn't listen anyway. You see, (laughs) I I, I do my own thing, too. I know. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I retired from teaching because my mom had Alzheimer's. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: yeah, it was horrible. And the principal of my school decided that she didn't care about anything that was important. So for two years, I dealt with her and did a very good job. And in the third year, I'm a reading specialist. I wanted to do my reading program, which the Chancellor knew about my reading program, and she just kept pulling me out to cover classes. And I said, I'm here 36 and 37 years. I started when I was very young, and I said, I'm not going to be a sub. I said, so if you feel that you don't want me to do this the right way, I may as well just retire, which I did. Mm-hmm. It was, it yeah. was, I mean, I had a reading group that came in, at, believe it or not, 6.30 in the morning, for real. And these kids came in religiously every single day. I did it for like five, six years, from 6.30 in the morning until a quarter to nine with their breakfast. And when we're here, I go, gee, thank you so much. Oh, that's great. Well, they one kid came in one day and said, I'm here. I go, who are you? He said, <laughs> I just came from Ghana. My name is Hassan. And somebody told me that you're the best. I go, who lied to you? Who dared to tell you that?
1: <laughs> and and
0: and he had a posse with him, had another five kids. And they walked in and they said, we're not leaving until you teach us how to read. They didn't know they didn't know one letter of the alphabet. They couldn't even read their mm. name. And I said to them, the challenge is on. And they didn't have books. I said, everybody has yeah. a cell phone. You have a camera on your cell phone. At the end of the period, take a picture of what I do for the words. If I tell you, Day, I, I had tears in my eyes. At the end of the first, first half hour, first hour, they were with me. They were reading over 300 words. That's how fast they were. Wow. Yeah, wow. I said, I said to, then this kid looked at me He says, you really are good. I said, wait till the end of the year. There were fifth graders, and they were on or above grade level, and they all passed the reading test with either a perfect score of four or three. And one of the parents said to me, what did you do? I said, I didn't do anything. They did. They decided to torture me for 185 days. <laughs> I mean, they literally came the that's last dedication. day of school. I
1: looked at, it, I, I looked at them
0: and I said, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could not believe it. And I couldn't be absent. They said, you can't be absent. Mm. I said, that's not fair either. I need a rest from all of you. They, they didn't care. They were there. <laughs> so what is terror? Yeah, at the end of the story, you get a feeling that there's more to this. Are you bringing Terrence back? Because that last paragraph tells me that this isn't over, that there's more to say for him. It's not over.
1: It's definitely not over. I mean, Terrence Terrence carries over into Hooker Avenue, and he really becomes a thorn in Jesse's side. Yeah. Um, And this this is based on fact, because when you are a patient – um, let's say in a mental health facility, it's different than being in jail.
0: Mm. When
1: you are a patient in a mental health facility, you have free and unhampered access to the computer and to your telephone because you are just a patient in a hospital.
0: Mm. So you can
1: call and you can you can harass anybody you damn well like. Wow. So we will see we will see Terrence continuing or he does continue um, his. <clears throat> Alleged relationship with Jesse in Hooker Avenue, which is number two.
0: He does well, not appear in read it number three. Fran loves Hooker Avenue, and the little the girl that that was in Hooker Avenue, the girl herself, with the Alexi. Are you going to bring her back? Because she's was she was hot stuff that kid. Yeah, no, she
1: she does not come back in book three, which is uh, which is uh, the empty kayak. She's mentioned, but she doesn't come back. That's a whole different story, which I think readers will like because I want every story to be different. Um, mm-hmm. Naturally, in each book, I think they're standalones because I mention the past relationship mm-hmm. and I bring readers up to, up to date so they understand. But it's, every book is different. Even my husband said to me, this one is so different than the last one. I said, well, that keeps it fun for the, for the writer. Keep it fun for the reader, then
0: it's different, right? Well, actually, you're right, because I won't tell you whose book I have coming up very soon. And the person brought up the case from the book before, and the whole the whole book is about the case from before. And I'm saying, well, why did she have to bring up all of this stuff when there was a whole much more? And I was like, oh, God, help. It was a good book. Mm-hmm. I, just I, I knew I could have written the book in my head. That's what's really scary. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking to see. I have the partners in crime. I can't find. I can't find your tour. They're going to have to tell me. Yeah, it's, it starts. Um, I think like June sixth. Oh, that's why months. they didn't put it in there. Yeah, I have to. You have to ask her because she didn't. Usually they automatically tell me that I'm doing it. They don't even ask. Yep. Yeah.
1: They just say yeah. you know, friend's going to do
0: it. I go like, what? I know. I just got James McCrone. He's got an interesting title for his next book. But I said, yeah. So you, you had to do a lot of research into this, and you get a lot of help. And the research I know is because I looked up the case. I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. And when I get <laughs> like something based on a true story, I want to make sure that it's credible. So this really hit home. And what happened to the teacher that did this, supposedly? I mean,
1: <laughs> well, in real life, um, he's, as I said, he's in... Um, I think it's called the West Hampton uh, Forensic Mental Health Facility. That's that's in NIAC. It's around that area. Mm -hmm. And he has the ability every two years to try to seek (coughs) release from the hospital. So he did it. I I don't think he applied in 2022. The next time is going to be 2024. So we'll have to see whether or not he makes his case that he's been rehabilitated and that, you know, He should be released. That's kind of scary to think that could happen every two years.
0: The fact that he could even have access to a phone and harass people should not be allowed either. And if you complain, because she did complain, you can't do anything about it because he's basically just a mental health puzzle. But think about the definition of what mental health means, and these people are. I mean, seriously. And Jesse needs to change her phone and have him blocked. What can I say? Right. Exactly, it's, it's,
1: exactly. I know,
0: I know, it's, it's, it's scary at times. But your book is going, you see, my dermatologist loves me. I don't have to, I don't come and visit him. But I can't go into the office without books. I'm serious. <laughs> so, yeah, I bought him, I can't, was there last week just to say hi, and I bought him a bag of 50 that I read from January until March. So this is going in with the other three or four that I have, so far, and when I go back, whenever I go back, I have to bring in another fifty books.
1: Mm-hmm. I can't call.
0: So his well, his make wife. Sure is...
1: that, make sure that he he reviews it on Amazon. That would that would be that would be wonderful.
0: Well, I'm going to tell him that too because I've been. You know, people say to me, "You know, can I get a copy of your book?" I go, "But this Amazon." I mean, right. I, I for, right. for partners in crime, I had to send her ten books. I had to send her the books. I had to send mm-hmm. it to each, to each author. That's the first. Where well, I had to actually mail it to the, you know, send it to the author from Amazon, and right. then I get an, a, an email from Amazon that they delivered it. Except one of the authors moved, so I don't. I just hope she got it because mm-hmm. it was a, it was the they gave me the wrong address. But what can I say? This is just, this has been interesting, and. Um, I don't know. They I can't I have to find your tour on there, but they didn't ask me to do it. I'm surprised. That's not good.
1: Well, I'm sure that we. Can, when I when, as soon as we hang up, I'll send uh, Gina
0: an email and we'll get that straightened out. Yeah, because basically I have what do I have? A lot of th- A lot of th- a couple in June so far. I'm just waiting for Richard North Patterson's, uh, publicist to tell me whether the the 13th or 14th is good, and I've got one with Robert McCaw. I've got Minister Sam. we're going to talk about the banking system, which I know nothing about, but I'm learning a lot, seriously. And I'm hoping that I'll get you in June. And um, James McCrone is coming on June 1st. And I don't do anything in July. I take the month off.
1: Because
0: that's when I I celebrate my sister's death and stuff like that. So, yeah. But, Joe, this has been fun. Thank you so much. And you gave me a lot of... A lot of insight from before. Um, I have to think about what to do. I I may make a phone call to the person that, you know, forgot to tell me what's going on and explain to them why they better not do that. Otherwise, I'll just have to get the link from somebody else next week, which they will. But this is great. Everybody, it's a beautiful day outside. Everybody say something positive, think positively, and have a great day, and bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.